The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for coming. You know, I, I was reflecting on just now uh, on uh, now we see it, hear it, receive and maintain it. And how what what I will be talking about today, but just in particular, you know, to recognize that that the teachings are always there for us everywhere we go. We get on the subway, or walking down the street, uh, buying a cup of coffee. Teachings are there if we can if we can recognize it. And uh, so, when we chant that before a talk, you know, it's not that the talk is going to, is sort of super special, but everything that we encounter is an opportunity to wake up. And, and, and just to remember that. And, and I just want to welcome everyone that's online, as well as here in the Zendo. It's wonderful to see a group of people here uh, in person. Uh, but thanks to the communications technologies that we have today, people can benefit from the teachings all over the world. It's, it's a wonderful thing. You could call that medicine, a different kind of medicine uh, that offers us therapeutics for our diseases, our diseases of greed and and anger and ignorance that we're all heir to. Um, also, as medicine for our dharma hunger, uh, for our desire to inhabit the teachings in such a way that we can be of service to the world, that we can stop some suffering that is around us. And for me, you know, also the medicine of the Dharma is, is a kind of personal healing uh, from realizing my uh, connection, my interconnection with everyone, with all that is, really. I mean, forget that. It's so easy to forget that in modern life. Oh, I'm, I'm part of a, this whole thing. Integral part of this whole thing as long as I live. With it comes some responsibility to, to serve life, to be of use, and to find love and wisdom in our life. And of course, this desire to have an effect on the human suffering, to find a cure, to find a medicine that will stop the pain of life. This desire is, is, is a gift. 
We all have it and can cultivate it in ourselves. An appetite for service. Think of it that way. It's my appetite for service. I desire to be of use. So all of this is inspired by, you know how it is when you go to your bookcase and you're kind of dusting things and suddenly you see a book that you have loved for many years, but maybe you haven't looked at for a while. And in my case, it's the Avatamsaka Sutra like about this big. <laughs> uh, and it's, that's commonly called the Flower Ornament Sutra. Uh, and uh, it come, you know, it's, it's a later sutra. It came around the 250 in the Common Era, originally in China. Uh, I mean, in India and then in China. Uh, and I'm hoping maybe we'll study it a little bit in the coming months. Uh, I just appreciated reading some of it this last week. And it's a big sutra. And in the next to the last chapter of it, uh, the next to the last chapter is so long that it's excerpted and it's a private, you know, you can buy just that chapter. And it's also called a sutra in itself. It's the Gandhavara Sutra. And it's a story about, uh, it's kind of an adventure really, about a young seeker by the name of Sudhana. Uh, and Sudhana wants to be enlightened, like all of us. All of us, you know, have that, I want to wake up. So that he wanted to wake up. And Sudama's name means child of wealth. So maybe all of us are children of wealth if we could but uncover our own wealth, if we could uncover our gifts so that we can serve. Yeah. So Sudama is a seeker, and uh, how he uncovers his wealth, he, uh, how he finds insight is he goes to Manjusri and uh, asks Manjusri, how can I be enlightened? How can I turn, have insight? And Manjusri says, uh, he sends him on different tasks to find a way to uncover the many medicines, the many possibilities of enlightening life of the ways of wisdom and healing. So he goes to see 52 different people, different beings, I should say, because some are quite wild, uh, all from different walks of life and experiences, and asking each one, how can I wake up? How can I be enlightened? Uh, goes to see a very young person, goes to see a very old person, a fisherman, a doctor, a lawyer, a disabled person, a beautiful, sexy woman, a beggar, and on and on, all the kinds of people, of beings that you can imagine. 
and each of them give him a task as a teaching. Somehow in the task he's given, it's embedded a, a way of seeing what is life, what is the great wisdom. And each of the teachings, if you examine them, are all about how can we serve others? How can we offer care or action or service? Uh, and, and these tasks make up the largest portion of the sutra, over and over emphasizing that the medicine for suffering is to serve. And finally, after a long time, years, Sudana returns to Manjusri and, and tells him about some of his adventures. Uh, and Manjusri looks at him and he says, you know, Sudana, why don't you now bring me something that isn't medicine? And Sudana has been spending years searching for medicine. And now he's being asked, bring me something that isn't medicine. So Sudana goes out again. And he looks and he looks and he looks, but he can't find anything that isn't in some kind of way medicine. Nothing that is not medicine. So he goes back to Manjushri and says, I've looked everywhere. There's nothing that isn't medicine. Manjushri says, okay, then bring me something that is medicine. <laughs> this is kind of like a, well, I won't say that, but anyway, it's kind of jokey, really. And immediately, Sudana just turns and picks up a blade of grass. And hands it to Manjusri. Manjusri holds up the blade of grass to the folks online <laughs> and in person. Manjushri holds up the blade of grass. And he says, this blade of grass, this medicine can kill or give life. The simple thing, simplest of things, this blade of grass can kill or give life, can wake you up or put you to sleep. So here, here, Sudana went to Manjushri for medicine, for healing, for wisdom. But what is wisdom, really, but knowing who you are in this moment? Instead of a long talk, Manjushri sends him on a mission to go out 
find me something that isn't medicine. Walk around and find something that doesn't help, that doesn't cure, that doesn't alleviate suffering, that doesn't prevent dis-ease. Go out there and bring me something that doesn't do that. And so Dwayne goes out and finds that every single thing he picks up, every single thing he picks up can serve, can be of use. He can't find anything that doesn't in some way offer service and a cure for others, that doesn't prevent this dis-ease. If we can just wake up in each moment and see how what is in front of us can serve, if it's used skillfully, everything he sees in that moment is an opportunity to wake up. Sudana can't find anything that isn't medicine. If you look at your own life, day-to-day life, your own personal experiences, the difficult experiences, the painful experiences, without rejecting them, notice how they can wake us up. Each one of them, in a way, is medicine. Not just the good ones, but everything is medicine. An opportunity to become alive. What kind of mind is is so open and so alive? No matter what, all experience, all experience is viewed as healing. Not just the good ones, but all of it is a form of healing and can be viewed as medicine, everything. What, what kind of heart does it take? What kind of open mind does it take to be able to view everything we encounter as medicine? One way, of course, is what we do here at the Village Zendo, here and online. Not so complicated. It's pretty plain, really. Just quietly sitting with our breath, moment-to-moment awareness, releasing our thoughts, releasing the prison of our thoughts, to open our minds to something greater. To let our discursive mind, which can be so helpful all the time, to let it give it a rest. Just give it a rest for a few minutes. We'll appreciate it. Actually, 
to let it rest and let the innate natural clarity of mind, the mind that has the broadest, widest view, to allow that to have presence in our being. And in that way, we, we experience a kind of calmness, composure that gives us courage to face anything that confronts us without a kind of demand to fix or change it, but to actually face it, experience what's confronting us. So somehow Sudana gets a taste of this, uh, and he says, there is nothing that is not medicine. And Jesus says, well, bring me something that is. Bring me something that is medicine. And the first thing that's at hand, you can just imagine them there's, sitting in the grass. And so the first thing is he just picks up this blade of grass. Could have been a mote of dust. And it can stand for the most significant things of the world. Each blade of grass is like a life lived. And thus, it's of enormous significance. Each blade of grass is your own mind and your heart and that of all those who are struggling. And each blade of grass, if the mind is right, can kill a person or bring a person to life. Each blade of grass can kill our spirit, numb us out, separate us from everything, or can turn and wake us up. When we say kill, we often you know, in Zen mean we're dissolving the small self. That robot we've created that functions for us. And that robot is encased in a protective metal coating. It doesn't let anything get in. And that's what we kill, that false self. And that's what what in Zen we mean when we say kill, to kill that robot in order to bring to life the quality of being. Quality of being that's like a moon in the river, constantly shimmering, alive, fresh. It is that self that can move through life patience and awareness. Even if it doesn't look at all like a meditative mind, like our ideas of a meditative mind. Because it will likely be very energetic and active in response to what's around, what's here in the moment. 
It is that self that can move with presence and awareness. Even if it doesn't look our, like our idea of a meditative mind. It's so active and it shows feelings and joy and sadness. To bring a person to life out of the dream of their life is to really live, is to really live one's life. We ask ourselves, what does our practice have to do with this? What does Zen have to do with this? Maybe it starts with realizing that we are all Sudana, a child of wealth. We all have what we need. We don't have to get anything, only to recognize what we are. Or as Dogen would say, just take the step backward. Connect to your relationship with everything, with everything that is. We forget that so often, that we are part of all of it. So I encourage you, continue your practice, and I'll share a poem with you at the end. It's by Sid Corman, a a very early 50s Zen poet. I will tell you the secret. Listen. What is it, you ask? I keep telling you. Listen. Listen. 